This is a KSHSAA production. First down from the 17 is where they mark it officially. Here's Hancock breaks back at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Jane Hancock. Down to the other end, misses, shot won't go up the gun, and Eudora comes from way behind and goes crazy. Welcome to another edition of the KSHSAA podcast. We have volleyball season kicking off tomorrow on August 28th. And so we wanted to bring in Lance Snow uh, from KWCH and Catch It Kansas in Wichita to talk about the magazine they produced this year. It's the first edition of the magazine they've done for kind of a fall sports preview. And so with volleyball kicking off, we wanted to talk about the volleyball portion of the magazine. But Lance, welcome to the podcast. And Kind of give us some insight of how uh, how and why this magazine came about for Catch of Kansas. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Jeremy. I mean, it's uh, it's a great time here at Catch of Kansas. As you know, we do we do sports on KWCH. We do the Catch of Kansas show on Friday nights, nine months out of the year. Uh, then we have the website, catchofkansas.com. So, you know, while we're at it, we thought, hey, let's just fire up a magazine while we're doing it. So that's what we did. Uh, it's predominantly a football magazine. It includes uh, 11 conferences, school breakdowns, conference breakdowns, records, pictures, the whole nine yards. But you mentioned it uh, with volleyball as well. We cover plenty of volleyball, cross-country, girls, tennis, uh, golf, et cetera. And so it's just a great time here at Ketchup, Kansas, and uh, we're thrilled to have the magazine. And I can't give enough credit to our staff and uh, who really just uh, own this thing, and they were really excited to make it happen. And so we just bared down all summer. And uh, went, got, got, got on the trail, went out there and uh, talked to coaches left and right and uh, just filled up our summer trying to make this magazine happen. And it's uh, finally here, and uh, we have a frame copy here in the office. And uh, so we are uh, just pumped and uh, rip-roaring and ready to go into the fall season. Is this – I know kind of ex- executive sports producer is the official title for Lance Snow and the executive editor of the magazine. How much uh, magazine or, or print experience did you have before this, this uh, little endeavor? Well, obviously in broadcasting, you need to know how to write. So writing wasn't a, uh, wasn't a problem for really anyone here, but as far as actually putting a magazine together, that's a great question. I mean, really, uh, no one here had ever done that before. And so whenever the the concept was brought up, you know, we kind of looked at each other and said, you know, how do we do this? And so, you know, you just took to, uh, just took to, uh, pen and paper and just started laying out the the magazine. And really, I kind of looked at it as I was producing a television show just on paper, you know, kind of flipping through the pages or scenes, uh, stacking it, ordering it just like you would a television show, going conference by conference, team by team, classification by classification. And so it really kind of came naturally as the process evolved. Um, really didn't have uh, many hiccups at all. We had a great, uh, great designer that really helped us lay out our pictures. I've always thought Catch a Kansas had, that was the best thing we did was our pictures. And so this really gives us an opportunity to showcase those in a magazine. You know, you look through magazines like Sports Illustrated and ESPN, the mag, and one of the things that pops out at you first thing 
are just some of the great photos. And so we thought this would be a great opportunity for us to showcase that. We already had those in-house, and so we sent them to the designer, uh, Andrew Lehman. He was great. He just put it all together and uh, kind of pieced together all the concepts we had and the stories. So we just gave him the order that it would happen and uh, the content we wanted, and he made it uh, kind of appear pretty and nice and in a nice compact package. So uh, I guess to answer your question right at first, not a whole lot about magazines but uh by the end of it i feel like we've got a pretty good grasp on it and uh we're going to come out with four per year we're going to uh hit every every season of sports so fall winter summer uh we'll hit track and uh it'll it'll uh we'll just keep that ball rolling well good deal we'll look forward to those uh seasons to come right now we got the fall season ahead of us here as we said uh, volleyball first day of competition starts uh tomorrow and I wanted to jump in and, and talk about some teams in your coverage area, and one team that definitely stands out is, is Hillsborough. They're at the 3A level. Who They took second last year to Silver Lake, and they, and they got a returning player in Alex Ratzliff that's uh, looking to improve on already a great career. And Right now, the, the rankings that just came out from the Kansas Coach Association has Hillsborough ranked first in 3A. What are we looking for for Hillsborough this year? Yeah, Hillsborough uh, strong once again. You know their tradition. You can't uh, you can't escape it. Won state titles in 2012 and 13. Fell just short last year, but still made it into the state tournament. And uh, one of the bigger hitters in the area, Alex Ratliff, coming back, uh, a Nebraska commit. Interestingly enough, her mom is the head coach at Tabor College, uh, so she has plenty of uh, volleyball pedigree. Uh, you could say is I, I actually met her mom really interesting. She was telling me that Alex is actually going to Nebraska partially on a scholarship to play sand volleyball there. And apparently that's new at the collegiate level. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting because that's a, uh, I'm sure I, I don't play volleyball myself, but just watching, I'm sure playing in the sand is uh, quite exhausting. And I'm sure once you hit the court, you probably find yourself with a little bit of a burst of speed after being on the sand and that holding you up a little bit. So uh, Alex Ratliff uh, leading Hillsborough again. Like you said, they are number one in 3A, at least the preseason, at least the preseason rankings. And then in that same classification, one of their nearby rivals, Heston, right there at number four. And so uh, between the two of those, uh, we're looking at a pretty stacked 3A coming into this year, and uh, really looking forward to getting out and covering those teams. I think you're going to see a extremely high level of play in uh, high school volleyball. If we just go north of Hillsboro a little bit and uh, going to the 1A level, we see Gossel, who is also an area team for you, who is ranked first in the rankings this year, and bring back a player of the year from last year's team that got second in Paige Hybert. So uh, I think just like Hillsboro, some high expectations probably for Gossel. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned her. 455 kills last year. She ranked in the top 10 in the state. Uh, one of the better players she could probably play at a pretty high level in any classification in the state. She happens to play in the class one in the class one division, but, uh, uh, Paige Hybert is certainly one that if you're, if you happen to catch Gossel on any night, that's one to look out for. And, uh, I'm sure we will be seeing her name, uh, plenty in the future as far as, uh, whatever, when she goes to college and who she signs with and uh, who she plays for in the future. If we look at the inside the Greater Wichita Athletic League, we see Bishop Carroll in 5A, who is who is ranked fifth in, in the initial rankings here, but are returning uh, some key players from last year's team that took fourth and stayed at the 5A level. Yeah, a couple of those key players, Taylor Beavis and uh, Lindsey Becker. Uh, Beavis had 407 kills last year. She was top 20 in the state. Carroll, I mean, they they went 33 and 10 last year. 
finished fourth in the 5A state tournament. Uh, but they have five girls returning from last year's team including those two. So they are uh, experienced, they're deep, and then they're top-heavy, too, with uh, two of the better players in the area. So Carol uh, usually excels at most things, uh, most sports and uh, volleyball. They may even take a step forward this year. Uh, they may be one to uh, compete with some of those beasts in the East in, uh, in 5A, and I know some of the teams down here uh, really put a target on those teams because they're just so good in that area. You have teams like St. James. I believe are nationally ranked, um, just a tradition rich program. And so uh, Carol may be one to watch this area in the 5A. I was just at St. James Academy yesterday for a meeting, and we were talking to the administration and Adriana Fitzmorris, who, if you haven't heard that name, you're not paying attention to volleyball because she's definitely <laughs> out there in Kansas and in the nation. She just committed to play at Stanford uh, after she's done at St. James. And also St. James has another – a uh, young lady who has just committed to Stanford as well. So two Stanford commits from the St. James Academy who finished second last year in 5A to St. Thomas Aquinas. So a lot of, like you said, the the East is kind of, if we look at the history here in state championships, if, if that's what we want to look at, uh, the East is, has certainly dominated volleyball as of late. Uh, but I think one, you, you mentioned Carroll, who's looking to maybe upset that uh, trend. And also if we look at 6A, uh, Mays, lost uh you know the swinson girl who's just an unbelievable athlete uh so we'll have to replace her in, in many sports but uh what are we looking for maze to, to reload and maybe also be a team in 6a that looks to upset the east yeah kieran swinson uh gonna play at arkansas gonna be a multi-sport athlete there i mean think about that jeremy she is a multi-sport athlete playing in an sec school i mean that's just it, it's hard enough just to specialize in a sport to make it to the sec uh, and then she's going to play in multiple sports it's uh, really incredible so that's the type of athlete that uh, Mays loses in volleyball it's really unknown what they get back this year after her loss because she was just so dominant you got to assume a school like Mays, they're so deep in so many sports and so many levels. you got to think that they're going to reload and uh, come back pretty strong. But also Derby, ranked number seven in the preseason ranks as well, uh, put them right up there in that Mays category. Always strong in most sports and especially in volleyball, and uh, they're probably going to have plenty coming back this year. Uh, another team that I thought didn't get any love, at least in the preseason rankings, was Wichita East. They actually, last year, they go in and they knock off Mays in the state tournament uh they they wind up falling just before the semifinals but uh they go in and they take down Mays last year and they have plenty coming back so wichita east right here in the city uh could be one once again to kind of uh just kind of go under the radar sneak in and uh they could possibly do some damage uh coming up in the state tournament once again well and those are some great teams to look at at the five and six a level to see if they can kind of like we mentioned earlier upset the east trend here but we can't uh leave the area and volleyball without maybe bringing up McPherson, who who is currently coming out the rankings. They're fourth in 4A Division One, who finished third last year, uh, got upset by Hayden in, in, the, in the semifinals. So McPherson, definitely a team to always watch out for. Yeah, and McPherson, you know, a tradition-rich program, loaded. Megan Peterson committed to UMKC coming back. You have number six, Rose Hill, Andale in that same class, and then you have Hayes, too. So 4A Division One. Uh safe to say if you make it out of that, you're one of the better teams in the state, and uh, you're going to be tested by the time you go through your schedule. And McPherson, uh, no question, just like at most years, they're going to come back and uh, they're going to have plenty of depth and they're going to be a talented squad. 
as we kind of close the book on volleyball here and, and move on to cross country, you have a little cross country preview in the magazine. Uh, just give us kind of a general interpretation of what uh, you, the the guts of the magazine for cross country looks like and what the season will bring this year. Yeah, sure. Clint Harden did a great job writing an article for us on country and one of the things that he highlights in that and it's it's outstanding is just the youth and experience here i mean you're looking at at a crop uh seven of the top 10 state finishers in 5a last year were sophomores and freshmen so uh whenever you you're coming back this year you're looking at a lot of those same names uh coming right back up carly flake out of uh out of andover took third at state last year um and Wichita Trinity, they won a state title last year, and uh, they returned plenty of talent this year. And then one of the more dominant uh, runners in the state, Winfield's uh, Riley Oson, uh, he won state title by 23 seconds last year. Uh, his dad, we even talked to him, he said he kind of felt bad because he always pushed him. Or he, he would actually tell his son, you need to relax a little bit. You need to stop working too hard. Apparently the kid's just a grinder. Um, so, uh, we're looking at a very strong crop coming up this year. Also in cross country, this is interesting. Uh, you probably know this, Jeremy, one of the rule changes this year, uh, girls cross country races going to 5,000 meters versus 4,000. Um, I know talking to some of the runners, they were a little bit concerned on injury, that extra 1,000 meters over the course of a season. Uh, so that will be interesting to see how that plays out. It really only equates to about uh, half a mile more more but you add that up over the course of a season um and you could be looking at some teams making adjustments in practice um just runners approaching practice how they take care of them themselves and uh, things like that so cross country um i think you're looking at a great year coming up uh, i'm glad you mentioned the the rule change there this year like you said going to the 5k for both boys and girls uh it's certainly something we will definitely have to Ask coaches and, and runners alike, and ask how they how they felt the change affected their season, and whether they liked it, disliked it. I'm sure we're going to have uh, stories from both sides of the equation there for sure. Uh, Lance, uh, give us a little. Tell us where people can pick up this magazine uh, for the fall sports preview. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have a list of locations. Uh, actually, if you go to our website, catchitkansas.com uh, forward slash CIK magazine, and you'll find a list of locations all throughout the state, uh, basically from Wichita to Salina, all the way out to west of Hayes, all the way down to Dodge. Um, just uh, plenty of places to pick it up. It's free. We encourage you. And uh, we're actually going to be out Starting tomorrow and uh, then next Friday and into next week, we're going to be distributing these at a lot of pep rallies throughout the area before some of these football games and, uh, you know, with action starting up tomorrow and actually some tonight, uh, we're going to be out just distributing these magazines and boxes. So we'll give them to schools and let them pass them out. And uh, people can just come by at football games and uh, pick up a free copy and pick up a box. Uh, we think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, so far we've had, uh, we've had a lot of positive feedback on it and uh, we're, we're just, we're just thrilled to have this thing out, and uh, we're just thrilled to uh, have another great year of coverage. It's so awesome just getting out and covering these kids and giving them the uh, recognition that they deserve. And your first uh, Friday night show will be, let's see, is that next next Friday? Well, I'm glad you asked. Actually, we air our first one tomorrow night. It starts at 11 o'clock on the KSCW here in Wichita. You can actually see it streaming online at catchatkansas.com. Uh, we will air a preview show that will just preview the upcoming season, football teams, soccer, volleyball, uh, girls, girls, 
uh, girls' tennis, all the sports you can imagine. So uh, we're looking to get it kicked off tomorrow night as far as the television in and uh, get this thing in high gear. Well, Lance, thanks for coming on here and give us a preview of the first edition of the Catch It Kansas magazine and and give us a preview of the volleyball and cross-country seasons to come in the area. And we'll definitely catch up with you maybe when that next edition comes out for the winter sports. Absolutely, Jeremy. You got my number. Holler at me anytime. And uh, really appreciate you having us on. And uh, once again, just looking forward to getting out there and uh, and uh, giving these kids uh, the recognition they deserve for all their hard work. Appreciate it. Sportsmanship is becoming lost art to many spectators and athletes alike. It takes a great deal of character to smile at your opponent and tell them good game after a devastating loss. But no matter the situation or the score, sportsmanship must always take precedence over anything that may have happened on the court or on the field. Someone is always watching, and they can tell how much character you have by the way you act in game situations. I am Bailey Riswick of Flint Hills High School from the Kansas State High School Activities Association Student Advisory Team. Just finished up with Lance Snow there at Catch It Kansas talking about a cross-country preview around the Wichita area, and now we bring in Francine Martin, who is the cross-country administrator in the uh, association, and we just wanted to give a, a synopsis of what's new this year in cross-country and some things that you guys might notice out there and the first thing we'll talk about is uh, the requirements to practice nine days before the season starts, which is something new that has come from many different fronts this year. Yeah, well, I think, you know, as you guys have talked about in previous podcasts about the football acclimatization and the heat acclimatization issues with football, it's no different with cross country. Um, while some of our athletes do a great job of training and are prepared for potentially um, hot weather there are some kids that are coming out that are pretty new to the sport and don't do as well. And so since we don't know which ones are which, um, our executive board basically as a safety issue just said, you know, in our fall sports, um, soccer is the same way. Students need to at least participate in nine days of team practice before they can compete in a, uh, in a meet. And for most of our schools, that's not going to be a problem. Um, you know, we have some, some issues with, kids who participate in dual sports and being able to get both practices in. But I think most of our schools that have kids who are doing uh, maybe soccer and cross country have figured out a way to have the kids do a cross country workout and then spend time with their team um, at the, on the soccer field um, or the football field also. So I think that's working out pretty well. Um, I, you know, we really have had no concerns shared about that. Um, and again, it's a safety thing. I, you know, the safety of our student athletes is our number one concern, and we want to make sure they're acclimatized and ready to run on that first date. Uh, before we get into talking about some postseason information uh, to, to note, I, let's talk about uh, a change in girls cross country, and that was the change of distance uh, to 5K. That, that, this issue has come up for, for several years, um, and, you know, they're just the concern. Um, we've in, Just to historically, we've gone from the girls running the two-mile, um, then they, the, our larger schools changed to running a 4K, and eventually all of our girls' programs ran a 4K. Uh, I, you know, I think the push nationwide was to go to um, have all girls' races also run at a 5K, um, Kansas was one of three states that wasn't having their girls run a 5K, and um, it, I don't think it was ever an issue of whether kid girls could or couldn't. It was just a comfort level of what schools felt like their kids could attain. Um, but our executive board did decide that um, we will have all of our women's races, our girls' races, and our boys' races will all run a 5K this year at all of our regional and state meets. 
That does not mean, uh, particularly early in the year, schools who are hosting meets may choose to have a shorter race distance. And in some cases, schools were doing that anyway. If they showed up and it was 100 degrees and everybody was supposed to run a 4K and a 5K, they might have had the girls run the two mile and the boys run a 4K. So, um, you know, early in the year, if schools want to, again, try to develop their kids or, or train them into the longer distance, those races at the beginning of the year, um, the schools can determine the distance. It doesn't have to be a 5K for both the girls and the boys, but we will do that when we get to regional and state. And speaking of regional and state, that is obviously the requirement is 5K, and uh, something that uh, if we talk about regionals, who will, will, will be on October 24th, uh, a possibility of running in the morning this year. That, that Again, cross-country traditionally is run in the morning, and we've, we have tried for years to um, try to help out students who are taking the ACT test by running in the afternoon. But again, quite frankly, the safety of kids is, has to be our primary concern. And um, you know, last year, those of you that remember last year, it was almost 100 degrees on the afternoon that we ran our cross-country races, and, and it, that's just not what's best for our kids. And they run in the mornings all year, so our executive board has decided that we will have our regional cross-country meets will run in the morning if the facilities will allow them to do that. Uh, sometimes when they run on golf courses, it makes it a little bit more difficult. That, but they will run in the morning, and the other thing that then parents need to be aware of is if, if your student is one of those that's considering taking the ACT test, they need to take it on a different day. The ACT test is offered multiple times, um, so they've got multiple opportunities to take it. Um, the regional cross-country meet, you know, this date's been set for five years, and um, so hopefully we can find some another date to take the ACT test. And obviously those dates are listed multiple places, but it is you can find those dates on our website on the cross-country page for if you're there wanting to get information about all our activities, uh, but you can definitely just find those dates there as well. The state meet, we're going to Lawrence Omigo like we have in the past, uh, so it's kind of business as usual state. Yeah, We're very fortunate to have two outstanding courses to be able to run our, our state meet on. And uh, first, just about Wamigo, you know, Wamigo High School and their community um, really embraces having our state meet there. They do a lot of work to make it a, a good experience for not only the kids, but also the fans who get to come and watch um, that meet. Uh, the Wamigo Country Club, very appreciative of their help in allowing us to be able to run on that uh, golf course because that is always a challenge when you're running on the golf course. Um, at Lawrence, uh, you know, Rimrock is just absolutely beautiful. I talked to our meet manager, Steve Heffernan, the other day. He said the grass is as green as it's been in a long time. So, we, you know, we've had some good rains and that has helped that course. So I think it will be absolutely beautiful. He said he was having a hard time keeping up with all the mowing um, out there. But that's a good problem to have. And again, we'll have our 3A, 5A, and 6A schools running at Rimrock. It will be a little bit different at Rimrock this year in the fact that, that people who come in will have to pay an extra dollar on the ticket. That money will go directly to KU Athletics as a parking fee. Um, we felt like that was a better option than trying to stop every car and pay a parking fee of somewhere between 5 and $10, which is what the KU Athletics is now charging for the, for the use of the parking um, on the west side of the road. So... Um, you know, it, it will be a great meet for kids. You know, the things, the other things, you know, are just part of the what we deal with when we're working with 
um, facilities. Uh, you know, they, it costs more to keep them up, and, and um, so therefore it costs a little more for us to be there. That wraps up the 18th episode of the KSHSAA podcast. I encourage you to go back through the episodes this week, and we touched on some couple football episodes with Fight Magazine and Kansas pregame, and we talked with Mark Lentz about football rules changes and just now going over some volleyball previews and, and Fran here with the cross country. Uh, go through those podcasts and catch up on the news within the association and, and high school activities throughout the state. The fall activity season is well underway, and so go out there and enjoy those special athletes and students from around your area high school.